Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. Rug Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We chat about real things that military families deal with and help you to love the call to action. So you know the drill. Rug Up Buttercup. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We're back with another girl chat with Ashley and Kim and myself, and we're so excited to talk to you guys again. I just want to do one more brief announcement about the 5K. I know if you guys participated this weekend, you should be getting your medals and your certificates, so we're excited that you guys joined us. Um, It was a fun weekend, I'm sure. We aren't there yet. We're recording before them, but I'm excited for ours locally. So today we kind of had talked to a few of you within our Hearts Connected and some of our local groups that we're part of about topics that don't really get talked about enough as military families across the board. So we kind of got some of you guys' ideas of things that you'd like to hear more discussion on. And again, I made a post on Instagram this morning when we began recording about if any of these are something you want more talk about, we can look at getting an expert on. So make sure you guys are reaching out to us and letting us know what you would like to hear more about and maybe having someone who knows more than we do (laughs) um, on any of these topics be able to come out and be able to talk to us. So We are looking forward to hearing from you. Otherwise, I'm going to hand it over to Ashley, who has kind of the topics on, and we'll just kind of see where the conversation leads. Yeah. So um, one of the big topics that we've noticed at like our coffee meetups and online, a lot of people are talking about was the support for foreign military spouses, you know, coming to the United States and all the red tape and all the boundaries and all of the hurdles that they are experiencing when they come in and those type of things where how can we support those spouses and how can we help them? I I know we have a spouse here at Fort Bragg who recently came in and she was talking about all the different things that she has to go through. And it was kind of blowing our minds as military spouses. We didn't have to go through so many hurdles, but I wanted to talk about how, how can we support those military spouses? Like, obviously like we can encourage them to come to the events and stuff like that, but like, it would be really hard. Like if you can't even drive yet, like our spouse couldn't even legally drive here in the United States. Yeah, it's definitely something that you don't see or know until you meet one of them. I don't think that until they get involved with something you're in, whatever that is, mops or whatever, you don't really realize that they have to go through all just like the paperwork to get visas, the paperwork to like, just like a normal foreign person moving here, but they are having to do it in a very hurried rush matter because their spouse moved here. Like they have no choice. Their family is moving to a different country from where they're born and they have to do this paperwork. It's not like something that they're choosing to do on their own. And there's just not a lot of support we've come to hear. I mean, we were talking about the one locally and I know Kim, you have a friend there who also went through this, the process recently. Yeah. She actually came to one of our virtual events and we got to know her really well, but as time goes on, we started learning things about that process as well. Like she had to go two hours away to take her citizenship test. So she had to find childcare and we had to help her study like things that she needed to know was stuff we learned like in seventh grade that we did not remember. remember. And so just silly. Some of the stuff was really silly, but we spent nights over there, you know, having wine and questioning her over this packet of like, 200 and something questions that she had to know and they were going to only ask her so many and like I understand yeah and I understand that they have to do that but like my thought process on it is a you're asking military spouses who can't legally drive yet because they haven't taken their citizenship test yet or 
whatever the case may be, maybe because I was they have to have their citizen test to drive here, right? They have to have a social security card. Social security okay. process too, yeah. So, but that takes time too, and there were steps for for all that. And to me, like your spouse is in the military, like the the command team's not giving them, you know, every two days off to go do this and to do this and to do this and to drive two hours away to do this and to sit there and go to these doctor's appointments. So it's putting a ton of stress on these military families, new spouses. This particular spouse, her husband was actually deployed. Yeah, which makes it even harder to do. And it's just blowing my mind that there's not a expedited, like expedited way for them to do it where it's easy because they are a military spouse. Like they came over with their soldier because they PCS back to wherever stateside. I don't know. I guess I feel like there should be a way, you know, they have to go through all these, all the, all the red tape, but there should be a way to kind of be like, okay, we have a new military foreign spouse coming into Fort Bragg. Like for, you need to go to this Fort Bragg office. Like, no, you don't need to drive all the way to Raleigh to do that. Like you don't have to go to the, the closest doctor for her to do all of her testing was in carry. Like, why can't that be done locally for a spouse? Like majority of these larger installations has all the stuff here. So why is it making it more difficult for military spouses? your friend was lucky that she had you guys like what about those spouses who come who get here and their husband's like okay sorry I love you but I gotta go to the field or I'm on IRF and I got activated and we're deploying like I will say that's the great thing about this lady though is she started searching for ways to you know find those connections and one of the ways is deployed love she found our virtual events And so she connected with us and we did not, at first it was hard because we didn't really know her. It was different. Like she is from somewhere that I've never been. So some of the things that she's gone through and that she's experienced, you know, there wasn't a connection there, but as time went on and we just got to know her, we absolutely loved her. So it was nice that she found us and tried to build that connection. Well, I think that's important in the military community too. Sometimes you have to like, you know, I, another comment that we saw a lot on the posts that we posted were people kind of upset that they were kind of required just to jump in and be happy about it. And when they move places and I get that, like it, you don't have to be happy about it and you don't have to be like 100% as soon as you get there. But I personally think that it sets you up for success if you make that what's the word I'm looking for? Like you, you try, you put in the effort to make those connections. Cause yeah, it might be awkward at first, but eventually you will find that person that you click with or a group of people you connect, connect with that will help you get through that next duty station. Not all military spouses are catty and like to start drama. There are those people who are in between those people who are genuinely there to want to make those connections, make that tribe and help you support you through that way, whether you are a foreign spouse or just another military spouse coming into the armed ser- services. Yeah. And I think with the foreign spouses, I think they maybe are discouraged to come to things because they are from somewhere else. And they maybe don't feel like our culture is going to understand the thing she's been through. But the reality specifically with the girl that we're talking about here at Bragg is a lot of us have been stationed in Germany. So mm-hmm. we did relate on a lot of things. Like I had given birth to both my children in Germany. So like I could talk to her about like what their medical looks so different from TRICARE Medical. You know, the things that we go through here are totally different. 
And I think that that is what she needed was to hear, you know, someone who, or I'm not locally German, you know, I'm not natively from there, but I had the experience and I understood where she was coming from. Like I understood the amount of medical care that I received in Germany is so much different than what you get in America. And for her to come and have expected her whole life to get that kind of service and then move here and realize this is not what it's going to look like at all. And to have to just kind of face that and, but have people now that she, I'm glad she came to stuff and realized these people will get me through it though. They'll help me understand why things are the way they are here. So I know our lady here, she struggles because the medical for her, her husband is national guard and they haven't transferred his paperwork. So she hasn't had a way to access medical here through the army for over a year. And so she's had to pay out of pocket for all of their visits for her and her daughter, just because they haven't sent down the right paperwork to the hospital here. That's, that's so long too. Yeah. That's, yeah, so that's and that's frustrating. And I think that's going to lead us into our next topic because this is one of the topics that I have an issue with. I've been a military spouse for 13 years. I've been a military dependent my entire life. And yes, we have insurance. Yes, we have medical. It is it's probably like the most frustrating thing that we have to deal with on top of like our husbands being gone all the time, where, wherever your spouse is, whether it's field or deployment or anything like that is our TRICARE. Like, it's great that we have insurance. It's great that we don't have to pay out of pocket for it, but the amount of red tape and the juggling and the hurdles and the things that are not covered by the insurance is crazy. And, and we have a guest coming next month that will talk a little bit more on um, kids with disabilities and how it, it is great if you have kids with disabilities that you have TRICARE and they will cover those things. But like, if you're looking for other things like, you know, pregnancy related healthcare, um, IVF, things like that, those, those are not covered. And sometimes they, they're, they're needed in military families. Like, you know, you had childbirth and your, your stomach's been torn apart. They don't cover reconstructive surgery for that. That's out of pocket. Most military families can't cover five to $10,000 in plastic surgery, even though that is something that is physically hindering her medical. Now, granted, if you're listening, you probably have, oh, well, my friend got it covered. There are circumstances. There's ways to work around it. But those ways of working around it are three years of going to see a counselor, you know, putting down that it's affecting your health mentally and things like that. There's a lot of things where like, if you hadn't different healthcare, it may not be so hard to get that covered um, and not as much work for something that should have been covered to begin with. And it, it does have its benefits. I know now having gotten out of the military, how much insurance costs. I mean, it really does. It's something that comes out of our paycheck every single month, whether we use it or not. And then we're still paying co-pays and still paying a lot of the fees and stuff when we go to the medical facilities afterwards. So TRICARE is huge, especially when it does come to births. I mean, to think that you would pay $20,000 out of pocket to have a child and TRICARE covers every penny of that is amazing. But you see spouses that are trying to get pregnant for five years and they have no support. They have no support unless they save up money or they do a GoFundMe or they do something to help get the expenses paid because they do have to pay out of pocket. And that, that, that is so sad that there is like no support to try to 
make that happen without having to go through all the red tape to get to that point. I think there's even a lower scale of that though, too. For instance, I've taken one of my children in and we've, we had a really hard time in the hospital. There was some really bad things. The military hospital did not support us, but then even after all of that headache getting home, I still got a bill in the mail for like $200 because they wanted to do an extra CAT scan that wasn't covered. Um, you know, same thing happened to my husband. They're like, Oh, you need to go off post to go see this cardiologist. And now we keep getting a bill in the mail for $88 and it's going to go to collection and we're fighting TRICARE. And then there's the little expenses too. Like if you don't want to wait two to three hours in the pharmacy at the hospital, you ask your doctor to send it off post and then you're still paying little fees for the medicine at off post pharmacies. So there are lower scale fees that are coming out too that you're not expecting when you're, you get sick or your children get sick or even your husband. Yeah. And I think with those, those charges and stuff, like that's another thing is, is like TRICARE is really hard to bill. Um, I've talked to a few different people and they've talked to doctors and, um, I've asked my doctor and it's really difficult to bill them. So like, you know, you could bill something and then they'll bounce that, that code back. And then, um, so a lot of doctors, like I've noticed a lot of people are trying to find that their doctors are getting out of network because it's so difficult to work with them. So then you're going and trying to find doctors that cover it, whether you're seen on post or off post. And there's a very limited number of doctors, even on post, like it takes months to get an appointment and then you never see the same provider. So you're not getting that, that healthcare that you should be getting like, you know, I'm a, yeah, like I'm a, I'm, I'm so thankful that my kids have been able to have had their doctor the same, the whole time we do get seen off post though. So they've had the same doctor. So he's, he's building that rapport with them and he's building that like, I, oh yeah, that's not normal. Like, you know, like my kids, I've known they've had allergies. We've tried to figure it out. We've tried, you know, just doing Flonase to see if it works, anything like that. And so finally we decided recently, like, okay, let's go do the allergy testing. Comes to find out my kids are allergic to dogs. We have two dogs. And we were like, well, it makes sense now that they've always consistently have runny noses and they always look tired. And, you know, Devlin has eczema, but it took, it took the doctor knowing the report saying, okay, now let's try something different. Whereas you know, every time you go see an on-post doctor, you're having to kind of re go through your entire medical history with that doctor before they're willing to give you a diagnosis. And they're more likely not to give you anything because they want to see you again. And the most likely you'll see another doctor. We just had this nine months later. With my daughter, she has all of her life had abnormally large tonsils. Everybody that has seen her has always been like, oh, she's got large tonsils. We went to the doctor to have them taken out. And one doctor was like, oh, she'll just grow out of it, yada, yada. And then we've gone in for strep so many times. And we've had one doctor tell us that we were, she was a carrier of strep. So when she got sick this week, we took her into the doctor and told the new doctor that we've never seen all of this information. And of course, every doctor tells you something different. And so when I'm trying to tell him the stuff that this previous doctors have told us, he just kind of looks at me like I'm silly. And it's like, that's not a a thing to be a carrier of strep. 
And so I'm like, okay, well, this is what a doctor told us. So, and then he proceeded to tell me that my daughter did not have large tonsils. So it's just- Any question if they're even like taking notes and putting it on her file or anything like that. It's It's like- the most frustrating. They just think about it and not do anything about it. They're like, oh, that was a cool fact. And then just like walked away and didn't care. Like, what is that about? Like, that's super frustrating. I think it's like, I, I ask, I mean, I, I think everyone has to be their own advocate for healthcare. Like you have to, you have to know like, okay, this is not right. Like you have to like advocate for yourself and your children, but you shouldn't be like having to go through your entire history. Every single time you see a doctor, you shouldn't be, you know, you should be able to walk in and your doctor being going like, okay, Hey, like last time I saw you six months ago, we talked about X, Y, and Z. And that's just because they, they know you. And so I think that can be really frustrating why so many families in the military go misdiagnosed for so long is because they're seeing so many different well, it's not even like during the normal medical facilities. I know recently, well, within the last 10 years, they've changed it so that you can go get urgent care appointments for free, but it used to be ER. So if you had an emergency where you couldn't go to the doctor immediately for anything, I mean, just even strep and you need to be seen, you had to go sit in an emergency room for hours because that was the only option we had outside of our doctors. Yeah. But even then though, there's still that billing to TRICARE issue. Like I just got bills from us going to get tested for COVID and they were charging me a, um, office visit. And I was like, I didn't even step foot inside the building and you're going to, you're charging me this. Like, why am I being charged this? And we literally walked up to a door, they swabbed our nose and we walked back to our car. So even I think that's then, the biggest thing is they overbook. They don't realize that they have so many people that need to be seen. They need to have open spaces where a lot of the off post doctors do. They have like sick hours where on post is like not a thing. Like if your kid's sick, you basically have to go to urgent care or the emergency mm-hmm. room. Well, that's because, yeah, you can't get into your doctor. So a lot of people are going out and just paying out of pocket for doctor's appointments that they can get into that are not in network or choosing to not be in network. Like the amount of people I've seen who are going like, we're going prime select, which I get because they have more options to go see who they want to see. They don't have to get referrals or anything like that. Um, just so they could be seen off post. And I still have prime and I'm seen off post, but because we're at Fort Bragg and it's so large that you can't handle everyone on, on, on Bragg. And since I live off and I think I'm like more than 35 miles away, I can choose to be prime and see an off post provider, but that's not that case at every installation. Um, so you have to down here, they had a clinic off post for all of us to go to that did not live on post Mm -hmm. and they shut it down when COVID happened and they have not, they haven't reopened it yet. That's crazy. It's interesting. And I don't know about y'all. I hate going to the emergency room because I feel like my kid's sick and going and sitting around all these other people. I'm like, I get anxiety because I'm like, my kid's just going to catch something else and something else. And then it's going to be a triple whammy. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Well, like Devin was sick a bunch this year and you know, and so it was clear, but I was like, I'm not, I know they're sick. Like it's either a cold. I mean, we went and got tested for COVID, but we didn't have to go in, but you know, unless like they're not breathing. I was like, we're not going to go sit in an ER because then they're just going to get worse. Our immune system's already compromised. Like, yeah, we don't, we don't want to do that. So like, it was just like, okay, we stayed home and then just call the doctors, their doctor and was just like, Hey, we're sick. We had a COVID test. Can we get a school note for school? Um, and they were able to do that, but it's, it's one of those, well, we didn't even have to have a note. We just had to show the positive test, but it's. Well, with our children here, if we didn't take them to the doctor, 
to get a note, any fever, any symptoms, they could not go back to school for mm-hmm. 10 to 14 days. Like my daughter, she is getting older. So female stuff. And when she needed to go home because she wasn't feeling good and she was coughing or whatever, they were like, no, 14 days, you got to go to the yeah. doctor. Like, the headache to the doctor to get a yeah. note for her for female stuff. Like this is ridiculous. Thankfully yeah. it's, it's calmed down now, but yeah, I don't think it's as bad now. Yeah. Spouses need to remember too, is don't let a walk-in clinic tell you what you have to give your children because when Madison, she's had sore throats all the time. So she had a really bad sore throat during COVID where we tried to take her to a clinic. There were so many clinics that told me TRICARE would only cover it if I got her um, tested for COVID. But in the reality, when I called TRICARE, it was because they were not TRICARE approved clinics. So the only way TRICARE would cover it is if she got the COVID test. So just be mindful and call TRICARE too, if you're in question of what some of these clinics are telling you, you need to do. Well, and that's, that's important to know too, is that like, if you get a bill in the mail and things like that, just call TRICARE and be like, Hey, why wasn't this covered? And a lot of times they're like, Oh, they put the wrong code in. Let me fix it for you. Yeah. It's more work on your part. It really is. Sometimes you're on the phone for a couple hours, but absolutely do that though. Yeah. But do that because if not, you've tried to have TRICARE cover it because you shouldn't have to pay those bills. And it's annoying that you have to, some of them you may have to in the long run, but like try to get them covered you shouldn't just be like oh it's a bill I know my husband's really good at that we get bills and he's like I'm just gonna pay it I don't want to get it to go to fees or whatever so he pays them but then it's like you know we could have fought that like that was something that we could have asked and gotten it covered so well and I think it's important to know that like people like TRICARE has very specific codes that you have to put in and if you don't put them incorrectly they'll, they'll kick it back and say that you're responsible for it. And it's just a matter of you calling either your doctor's office and having them resubmit it, or you're calling your calling the TRICARE, whether you're TRICARE prime select East West, whatever it is and and getting that worked out. And that's really the good thing about insurance in general, not even just TRICARE is they're pretty flexible about you paying too. So like, as long as those bills eventually get paid off, they're not like, you're not going to get collection fees on them right away. Like, so this gives you some time to like call the clinic, call whoever it is and get it settled out. So it's not like an immediately like 30 day warning and you're going to get fined. You know, you have a chance to work on that with people. So it's good to advocate for yourself in general. And I think that we, as we kind of, we're talking about this topic, we talk about mental health too. I know that their mental health can be an urgent thing. And a lot of the times the doctors don't treat it as that. Like you need to get in for an appointment right away because you're depressed. Like you really need to see somebody or get on a medication and they're like, oh, well, my next appointment's in three months. And it's like three months, that could be the end of it. Like I don't have the patience for three months. And I think that's what a lot of spouses when they're going through deployments or just hard times in general, something happened at home or whatever, don't have the support from medical or even their unit when they need it. Because it often, a lot of the medical, when it comes to mental health, I think you have to have your spouse involved. So if they're like deployed, that, that you know, that delays the whole process when you need it, so- yeah. Well, I think like you hit it like on the nail though, like most places are like, Oh, my next appointments in a month or two or three, that doesn't help anybody. And, you know, sometimes you might not have those symptoms until that deployment rises up or all those things, all those things start piling up. And, 
um, you can, if you're listening and you don't know, you do not have to have a referral for mental health services. You can self-refer yourself to any counselor. Now you will want to make sure that they accept TRICARE so that they can bill it and it is covered, but like, you don't have to have a referral, whether you're prime or select, find yourself a counselor, go look through my CAA. They have counselors there too, but like any, any counselors around the area are going to have it. Um, but one thing that I was reading, a lot of people were commenting on this mental health stuff on these posts was they feel that there's a, there's not enough counselors in the area, which probably makes sense. Um, well, I know there's so many people who are dealing with, you know, here at Bragg, like rapid deployments, like I, I'm one of them, like it's put me in such a funk over the past year and a half of these rapid deployments happening and what, what's going to happen next time we take over IRF, like, is he going to activate again? He's activated every single time he's taken over IRF one. So, you know, are we getting ready to go through another cycle of a two hour goodbye? And I'm dumped with being by myself with two hours notice and not prepared for it. It takes a toll. Like Jeremy's gone right now. He's gone for two weeks and I'm just like, huh, he's gone again. He just was gone for four weeks and was home for a week and a half and is gone again. And it's just mentally draining to be the sole provider for my kids and myself and the house and the animals consistently throughout the year with, with any, with no, I guess, stabilization. Like there's been nothing where we've had any kind of consistent time where he's been home in the last two, two to three years. So I personally go see a therapist, um, here at Fort Bragg and it's really helpful. Um, but I don't know how many those are around in the area for those who are seeking the services and, you know, the lack of support people get from command teams during times of, of hardship and things like that. Like, you know, you're, I don't know. I bet that there is a shortage of counselors when you think about it, because there's so many people are more aware of their mental health nowadays. And they're more aware of like how to get fixed versus just getting medical and going to psychiatrists. They're looking for ways to work through the problems and become better out of at the end. So I could see that. I could definitely see that being a thing that people just can't get in. Same as the doctors, you know, they're just overbooked. When I was talking to one of the therapists here, that's the thing they were talking about. COVID really affected a lot of people staying at home, not being able to go anywhere. So their books were just getting booked up so quickly that, you know, they couldn't keep up. So they can't take new patients or they can't get in their current patients as much as they need to. Um, So just trying to get back to a normal world with COVID right now, things should be getting a little better. Um, one of the other things I wanted to bring up when it comes to going on posts and asking for help, because this was me, you know, years ago, my husband was in special operations. So his deployments were constant. He was never home. It, it was my first time being a mom. It was really hard. So I started, started seeing a therapist and one of the things every time I tried to go back to that therapist, I would call base and say, Hey, I need an appointment to come in to get my, um, referral back to my therapist, whatever they would say, Oh, well, why don't you come in and we'll have a talk. So I went in and they tried to get me to see a counselor there at the hospital at the base. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see this person. And then, so then their next thing was medicine. They did not want to give me the off post referral. 
every single time. So it started happening where I did go to the counselor to sit there and get the referral instead of going through the hospital because she could put in for more time. So just don't let them force you to see somebody that you don't want to either. And if you get to a person and you don't care for them or you're not clicking with them and you feel like you're not being heard, go to somebody else. You are not set in stone to go to one person. Yeah. Um, and they really can help without taking medication. Now you may go to them and they think that medication may help you even more. That's fine. Like if that's what you and that person discuss and you feel like that's a good path for you, then take it. But if you feel like you just need somebody simply to vent to, because we're military spouses, we moved to a new base and we don't have a friend to talk to, or we've moved to a new base and our other friend has moved to a new base and she's struggling and it's not good for the both of you to talk about this with each other. It's okay to go and find somebody to talk to because it, it's been taboo when my husband first got in the army. I mean, we've been 18 years. We're super close to retirement, but I remember being just embarrassed. And that was something that you didn't talk about. And nowadays I'm like, it's okay. I promise. Like I will straight tell you, this is my person or, you know, go to this person or, you know, go get help. It's okay. Because and be aware of yourself, like where yeah. aware of when you need it, because I think that it's even 100% okay to go to the ER. If you feel suicidal, like mm-hmm. I can't make it. And I'm not going to be able to see a doctor go get help. Like there, every single medical provider is required to help you in that situation. You can go to any of them. I bet you could walk into a clinic and be like, I need to be seen right now. And you'd get seen because that's, that's huge. Like people want well, you to be yeah. here. Like that's huge. Well, and it's 100% like you, you can self-refer yourself. Like, you know, you don't yeah. have to go see your PCM. Like you can yeah. just walk into call a clinic, say, I need to talk to a therapist or go to the ER or do whatever you need to do to make yourself better. Um, and no, like, like Kim was saying, like, you know, like I, I don't take medication, um, but I'm the type of person who does not like to take medication if I don't have to. So like we, we talked about different therapies for me, like, you know, how, how can I help with my anxiety and stuff like that? And a lot of that came from being so overwhelmed and being that full-time mom all the time that like, I have to schedule myself a mental health break, mental health break. So like I go get a facial or a massage once a week and that's my, it, it, it gives me something to look forward to every week. It gives me something to say, okay, like I'm having a bad week, but you know what? I still have this at the end of the week. Like it's my time. It's me time. There's going to be nothing I'm responsible for, for that 50 minutes. Yeah. I think that's incredibly important. And don't, I don't think it has to be weekly. I mean, it doesn't, a deployment, that's that just what really I do, expensive. but I, but yeah. Yeah. Yours is covered though with your yes. uh, facility, which I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people are aware can happen if they find the right place. But, um, I think that just having something like that during specifically deployments, I mean, we all yeah. go through these deployments that are so stressful. They really are. And you, we don't want to say that, you know, the wife's, the spouse's job is harder than the soldier. It isn't, but like, we have to deal with a lot of crap. There's so much crap that just it's falls a different, on us. It's a different spectrum. Like it's, it's yeah. different. Like they and deal with a lot of take crap care of yourself. You, you yeah. can't just like push through it. Well, at the end of the day, if we're not taking care of ourselves, when our spouse calls to, you know, lean on us, because it's going through the thick, it's not what he needs. So we have to take care of ourselves because we are sitting here at home holding down the fort and they expect that of us. So 
we have to take care of ourselves to be able to do that. And Sabrina, you're absolutely right. The thing is, is you don't have to go and see that person every week for the next year. Mm -hmm. You can only go during deployment if you want to. You can Mm -hmm. only go during training if you want to. There's no set requirement to go. If you can't physically go, a lot of them do telecommute. Well, it's the biggest one I can think of is Military One Source. They have all virtual. So if you're PCSing, yeah, I said like where we're going to go with the conversation is PCSing, what Military One Source can go with you. You know, you're in the middle of a trip and you're in a hotel and you're stressed out. You can call your therapist. Like, that's great. I think that that's a huge resource that a lot of spouses think, oh, I have to go through my medical Go to military one source. That's free. And that's, they have so many counselors available. And, and a lot of therapists will do video conferences, zoom calls with you. Um, you know, that came up during COVID, but a lot of them found that, that it's, it's an easy way for people to like, you know, for me, like I was always stressing, like, I don't have time to go see a therapist when I want to, because then I'm having to find childcare or do it during school hours, which then usually are already booked because other people are doing the same thing. So like, do what works for you to make it better. Be careful with that though, too, because I do, did learn over COVID that the they can only service within a certain area. They can only- um, So if you're PCSing, like, you may not be able to do your counselor as you move because they may right. not be able to facilitate your new state. Yes, so that's true. So they can only do it in the state that they're residing in. So like, even if you're on vacation, so like say you go to vacation in Tennessee and your therapist is in North Carolina, they, they technically couldn't give you services yeah. that day. There's some technicalities of that. I think some states are included within their, mm-hmm. the laws. And so- it, but just be careful that you're not like help getting your therapist will let you know. Trouble yeah. Too. yeah, they'll definitely let you know because that's going to affect their license if anything. So kind of like stemming from that, making sure like, you know, one of the things that I see a lot is a lot of people will go to the spousal pages. That's what I was of, about to say. Kind of vent on there. You I have, have a Facebook love- warriors everywhere you go because I, they hide yes. behind their keyboard. I have that a love hate relationship with fossil groups. I think they can be very beneficial, but I think they're more hurtful currently <laughs> than they are helpful. And you have to be really careful. Um, you're going to get the, you will, I want, you will get these comments, suck it up, buttercup, like suck it up. You got to do it, you know, deal with it type of things. And that's, that's not, not something you want to hear. No. It's not. And they're probably, I mean, some of them are saying it just to be catty because there are those women, no matter whether they're military spouses or just women in general, people are just mean. Um, Unfortunately, we live in not a very kind society right now. And that's just how they are. But if you're going to put yourself out there, you've got to be a little more thick skinned about it, a little bit more thick skinned. And if you're in a state where you're not able to take that, then be a little bit more cautious about where you're posting. Like just say, Hey, like, I am having some mental health issues and I would really like to talk to someone who goes through X, Y, and Z and just leave it at that. Like, don't put your whole life story. Don't put that, like, you know, it's affecting my marriage and my kids and things like that. Like keep those details till you find the person you need to talk to, to talk to, because if you air out all your laundry, you're going to have those keyboard warriors coming at you. And yeah, we've talked about it, that before. Yeah. We're like, just don't vent things like that. Cause even if you're having the worst day with your spouse, don't go post that on somewhere because you're I gonna promise be you it's going to get back yeah. somehow. Yeah. And most of the time your relationship is going to be fine in the long run, but then there's going to be these people who are judging you all the time because they're like, Oh, well, she was talking crap about her husband and it's just not drama that you really want in your life. So keep that stuff to your personal group, that, that stuff to where you can yeah 
erase it from people's memory you know like don't give it to everybody everybody doesn't yeah find those people that you can have those conversations with like one-on-one or in a group chat but you're in a military spouse group you have everyone in there and I know that this is like everyone's like what's not my job type of thing well you're right it's it's not your job it's your spouse's job but I can guarantee you that when when a spouse of a higher rank part of the command team sees a, a comment from one of their soldiers and they're aware of those situations at home because they're having those conversations with their husbands, it's going to get back and it's going to just cause more problems for you and your spouse. Like have those conversations with your spouse. If you need to have conversations with another person to vent, find those people, but don't blast it to 4,000 people. My thing isn't even about it getting back to other people. My thing is we all come from different walks and different, you know, been in for five years, been in for 15 years, you know, been different morals, different values. We're all different. So we're all going to have different opinions of what we think your life should be. Mm -hmm. And that's not how you should base your life. You should live it the way you feel that you need to live your life, not from all these other keyboard warriors that want to tell you you're a bad mom or you're a bad spouse or for your husband, a piece it, of crap. Like just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, if somebody tells you to suck it up and they're not your best friend in all reality, they're probably struggling just as much as you are and they don't want to admit it. So they keep telling their self to suck it up. And that's the only advice they can sit there and give you is because that's how they're pushing themselves through. So just take what other people say with a grain of salt, because we're all huge hodgepodge, right? We're different. We're a major melting pot. The military has a totally different culture than anybody else would ever Mm -hmm. experience because you're not just in one area where everybody kind of has similar values, has similar culture. No, we have, no, it's, it's, it's countries. literally flip flop back yeah. forth, three sixties all around. Yeah. And actually this was one of the other things you said was brought up is feeling like you have to get along with other people. Mm-hmm. If you get there and you know, you tell your friend or your neighbor what's going on and then they start judging you. Ditch them. Go away. Yeah. Like, yeah. You do not have to stay friends no, with people for more court. than a week. Yeah. I you mean, can be and neighbors and be cordial yes. and not like each other. Yeah. And, and I think that was the key point you said they're cordial. I do think that military spouses should be cordial to each other. We all go through similar things, but you don't have to be friends with the person that and you, you just don't have to met. agree with you everybody. No. To go volunteer, you know, don't listen to the stereotypes make those judgments for yourself. Like don't, Absolutely. don't listen to the spouse saying like, don't do anything with the FRG or you'll be like, like the Scarlet A or whatever. Like try it out yourself. See, try things out for yourself and then try them again because it's different everywhere you go. You know, that was a several comments were about, you know, how like the FRGs need to be more better and involved into everything like that. I'm like, unfortunately, it depends on the unit entirely too. Unfortunately, the <laughs> FRG thing changes so often. I've been part of the FRG for 12 years and it has changed. Like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be called anymore. That's how much it's changed. And it's completely out of volunteer hands now. Like it's 100% yeah, back to the commander is- and we're just here for for free support to give them just a little bit of a voice from the family members because we are a family member it's no longer 
like what it was 10, 15 years ago. And it's not even the same as it was three years ago. Well, and all in all life is short. Like you, if you get into a friend group and you just don't get along, I did this. I had friends that I was friends with for a couple of years living here and then learned that there were some things that they treated people and the way they talked about people that I was just like, Nope, I'm done. And I had to start all over, even without PCSing where I had to just start over and make friends. And that's fine. I would rather have friends that reflect me and the things that I think versus friends that were talking for me to people and making me look like a bad person. It's like, that's not what I'm looking for. And it's okay to step away from that and that you have that choice in any point of your life. You can just be like, okay, I'm done with this group and just move on. Yeah. 100%. And you know, like everyone's been saying, like, you don't have to be friends with the people that you meet. Like you don't have to be friends with the, the spouses in your husband's group. I do think you should be kind and, you know, at least say, Hey, hello. And things like that. Like it, it makes, it rubs me so wrong when a spouse literally looks you up and down and then turns away. Like, don't be rude. Like that's, don't, don't come come to events. If you're going to behave that way, because I mean, I guess I'm in a position where like, I am the FRG leader. I am a spouse that's been in for 14, 15 years, having seen the clicky side of the military when I was younger, where it was very segregated where it was like, you know, an NCO wife or an officer wife would not talk to an E1, E2, where it's not that way anymore. It may be that way in some units, but like majority of the time you can see other groups connecting and knowing that it's okay that you can be friends with whoever you want to be with, but you still have to have that connection of, okay, well, like, all right, well, that NCO is is my husband's like commanding person. So obviously I can't like vent certain things about it to them, but you can still have relationships, whether you don't want to have them or you do, you just have to be a little bit more cautious than you would necessarily be in the civilian world. Well, one of the things to, I think of two things. One is you said, be kind, be kind on Facebook. Cause that's where a lot of people do for some reason, go for help and support. And a lot of people are nasty. Be kind. That is really big right now Um, and then the second thing is that's what our events are for that's why our uh, coffees here at Benny have gotten so big is everybody loves coming because there's no rank there's no husband talk yeah we talk military but there's no it's more on a like you're all there just to hang out and get to know each other and so it's nice to have this group where you can come and yeah there is a you know, spouse that's getting close to retirement. Oh, there is a new spouse. So we all kind of have that conversation where we see different stuff. Yeah. We don't always agree, but we listen and we, you know, talk and finding events like that, where you can go and feel supported is better than going on Facebook and, Mm -hmm. and giving it out to the world. Find those little groups like deployed love that you can go and talk to and, you know, vent there because versus 10,000 people seeing your comment versus 10 is a big difference. It is. And, and I, I, I think that's like the point of get out and go do it. Like that's where I think a lot of people are like, suck it up and just do it type of attitude. Like, okay, you're feeling lonely. You're, you're depressed or whatever it may be. Like, you know, you have to kind of have to force yourself to put on a smiling and at least introduce yourself to people. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I think that's where a lot of people 
say like, if you're not smiling and happy, like you're just not going to make friends. And I think everyone has a person no matter where you go. And you just have to be willing to look for that person, whether it's one person or a group of people. And it might um, be able to work at first to do it that, will. but then you can come back to being yourself. You're not a social person. Then go out, find your person, wrangle them in. And then just like, like, okay, well, I want to just go back to doing coffees at my house, just us hanging out. And that's fine. Yeah. And it's 100% well, fine. Your marriage is work. You're constantly working at your marriage. You're constantly changing. Your spouse is changing. It feels like you're a military when you're trying person. to find military friend spouse. They're gone. It's you scary. Know? Working and thinking of building friendships is the same way. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the effort because it's not, I mean, it's some of us get lucky when it falls in our lap, but, you know, for the most part, it, it doesn't. Um you know, one of the friends that I had at Campbell, I was pregnant. Travis didn't get to come home. I had three other kids at home. None of my family come up. Like it was a really bad situation. Here I am in labor and telling myself, I'm not in labor. It's fine. Everything's fine. And she comes over. She's like, like no, it's not. No. You're, you're going to the hospital. And, you know, then I started to get, you know, upset. And she's like, suck it up, Kim. Like put your big girl panties on. And let's go coming either way. (laughs) At that time, though, it was what I needed because it was something where I was about to have a a breakdown, you know. But she was a friend telling me that, so I feel like it was a lot different. And then she sat there and held my hand. So you know, it's you got to find those people that know your personality and know how to talk to you. And be there for you without hurting you. Yeah. I think, I think also one of the things that it's kind of important to say is like, we are in a group of people in a society that we do have to suck it up a lot of times. Like, unfortunately we do. That doesn't mean we have to like it and it's okay to be upset about it. It's okay to go and complain but knowing that you are a military spouse, there are so many things out of our controls. Like we have no control. Like who, I don't even know why I said we had have some control. We don't have any con- thing, any control over what happens. Like we might get to choose where we get to PCS. Probably not. We might, we might. We might. You can do is research it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- yes. Like you, you do have to be like, you have to take the suck. And turn it into something. And better. turn it into something good but it's 100% okay to that. And just know that you will get those comments of saying, suck it up. And like we said, this, these are all things that came from you guys. So you're yeah, not yeah. the only one who doesn't feel no. like you're supported at all. I mean, and there's I've, so many I've issues. definitely hated it. I've, I've hated it. I've hated being like told that, like, you know, I think we've talked about this on another podcast. Like I just got a promotion at work mm-hmm. when we lived in Alaska and I was told in 30 days we're moving. And we weren't supposed to leave for another nine to 12 months. And I'm just like, what do you mean we're moving? Like, this absolutely sucks. And you're telling me we're going to Texas? Like, I don't want to go to Texas. And so I took the suck. I cried about it for a little bit, a little angry about it for a little bit. And then I put my big girl britches on and I was just like, okay, like, now let's handle this. I hated Texas. I didn't make very good. I made two friends at work. And that was really it. Like I had no support the three and a half years that we were there. Thankfully we had family, some extended family in the area and they were our support system when we needed it, but it was a horrible three and a half years. Sometimes you just have to deal with it unless you are willing to let your relationship fall apart at the seams because you are not willing to 
I'm, I'm probably like the worst person to talk to about this because I do think like I made the choice to marry a soldier. I knew what I was marrying into. I don't think a lot of people know what they're marrying into if they're not part of the military beforehand, but knowing that you have no control over that, I think causes a lot of issues with marriages. And sometimes I feel that spouses don't give places opportunities and the experiences opportunities. Military provides us with things that no other job in the world will provide us with. Provides us with a new family, if you allow it to. It provides us with experiences that you would never get to participate in, whether it's being stationed overseas, living in a different part of the country, taking part in different cultures. It's definitely something you have to put yourself forward and deal with. If you choose not to do that and you choose not to suck it up, it can be miserable. It can be lonely. So sometimes hearing that suck up is definitely better from a friend, but if you choose not to go out and make friends, it's always going to feel like someone is just telling you that you're just going to have to deal with it. And a lot of those spouses will tend to just be like, I'm not dealing with it. I'm going to move back home. And you've wasted all of these years, not fully accepting the experience that could have been if you were a little bit more willing to try. Obviously there are circumstances where like, you know, sometimes you, you do need support. Like you do need to go home during deployments and things like that. But just making sure that every time your husband's away or your spouse is away, you're not running home to mommy and daddy. You're not giving up an apartment, which we'll talk about that in a minute, but there, there's a lot of things that go into doing things that you have to make sure you're thinking of all aspects before you make those decisions. I think too, you have to sit there and if you're constantly not trying, you're sitting in your house, not doing anything, and then your spouse comes home, you're going to have issues with your spouse. If you're doing that, your children are seeing it. You're going to have issues with your children because they are feeding off of your energy. They're feeding off of your emotions and how you feel. So to get that change, you have to get up and start taking things one day at a time, looking at brighter things, you know, go for a walk. It may be as simple as just getting some fresh air and then you stop at the park or you walk past somebody's house and they wave at you. The friendships or, you know, bonds that you make can be with anybody. You just have to get a different perspective and get out there and look for them. Well, the military isn't forever. Like even those who make it a career, it's only 20 years um, unless they decide to go way past that. But, you know, for some spouses, like, you know, that's always kind of got what's gotten me through. There's 100% been times where I'm like, "Mm, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm down for this anymore. But knowing that this isn't our forever and knowing that this is just for the time being gets you through some of those like hard times. So thinking about that as well. Um, so we'll kind of just take that and transfer the last part of what we were talking about. So I think this whole podcast has been just talking about lack of support and feeling like you need more support as a military spouse. And we hear you. I mean, we're obviously going through it with you. Um, but the main one that I think you guys brought up a lot was PCSing and not only like how that can just be thrown at you and that's that in of itself is a lot, but how a lot of it's not covered as much as you think it is. 
some, most of the expenses, I'd say most, most is covered, but there's things that you're just not thinking about, especially if it's your first PCS that might come up. Yeah. I think, I think it depends on where you're moving to. Like, I think a lot of times, a lot of people have more of those out of pocket expenses when they're coming from like a lower income place to a higher income place you know, different real estate laws go into place, different realtor companies, or even if you're buying a home, have different rules. So like, you know, you may go in paying rent for, you know, 1100 and then you're moving to some place where like, you know, the average range for rent for the same place that you lived in was 15 to 1600. And so you're having to come up with, even though you have BAH to cover that, it doesn't always cover what your family needs in the area that you wish to live in. So a lot of people, you know, if you're not aware of BAH, BAH covers the, the average housing costs for what is a the zip code surrounding the military base. That zip code, in my experience, has never been the good part of town. It's never been where the good schools are. It's always kind of been considered, you know, the ghetto of the area type of thing. And so a lot of that is, you know, yeah, the rent in that area might be that price, but if you move, you know, just four or five streets over to where, you know, the good school systems are, it's a three to $400 more, if not. So, you know, you're coming in with, you know, having to pay deposit, maybe two on top of first month's rent, you know, that could be $5,000, $6,000 just right there, not including the expenses of turning utilities on in a state you've never lived in. There are, there are services that can help with that, but you know, some of that is still coming out of your paycheck. Like whether you get the, a, is it the AER loan? Like yeah. The, the army loan, emergency. The army emergency. One, but yeah. yeah. But that, that still comes out. You still have to pay that back within a year. So making sure that, you know, Hey, you guys are coming up, you know, three years is, you know, usually the average for the army. I don't know what it is in the other branches, but you know, year two is coming up. You haven't received orders yet, but maybe you start putting like a savings behind, like start saving money, which can be really hard for those younger spouses, you know, E2, E3, E4 is where they're living paycheck to paycheck. Well, some expenses you don't think about, especially if you're moving foreign, um, is like your pets. You want to bring your pets? That's all out of pocket. That's thousands of dollars out of pocket that you're just going to pay. But also you're moving into buildings that are not the same code as what you're used to living in. Mm -hmm. So things are going to look really different. You're going to talk about like appliances that you're going to have to repurchase because they will not work because like a crock pot, though you can get like a different kind of plug in to make it work is going to blow because it uses different amount of electricity. So you're going to ruin your, your things. If you don't go purchase the local food. stuff, food, like buying herbs, food, like, like every time you move, you're getting rid of all your food, unless you're living, unless you're moving in like a couple hours where you pack everything up in coolers, like the amount of money to get to restock your cabinets and your refrigerators, all the condiments and everything costs a lot of money. Well, and if you're letting the military move you, you're thinking about, you're going to have to get new, new curtains. You're going to have to get some new plates and stuff, unless you brought it with you, because there's going to be weeks where you don't have anything at your house and you're looking at air mattresses. It adds up really quickly. And that's things that I well, wish like there was some curtain. sort of fund that the military was like, here, this is like a thousand dollar moving fund because yeah. this is going to cover whatever on the other end when you get there until your stuff gets here. Because yeah. it, but like you even said so curtains, tough. but like when you move into a new house and you don't have enough curtains for the house that you moved into, and it like, doesn't come with blinds or something, you had one window, but now it has five windows or yeah. now you have 
three bathrooms and you only had one bathroom and the new bathrooms have, you have to go by shower curtains because the last bathrooms you had had doors. Like it, it, it changes every time you go, you know, obviously like I always tend to redecorate when I move kind of, that's not something you have to do every time. I don't redecorate everything, but like, you know, I'll change curtains because obviously like, you know, this house, like we only had one living room, one window in our living room, and now we have two. So I had to go buy new curtains for the living room because I didn't have enough curtains. There is a program though, at most bases, the lending closet where you can go there and is. get plates and a toaster, but or it's not always stocked. Though. It's not always stocked, but there there are those options yeah. at the bases too. it's a good thing to know too because if you are doing pcsing that's a great place to take your things mm-hmm. instead of like goodwill in your neighborhood take it to that place where the that goes to other military spouses and you know that someone who's moving here is going to need it is going to get it. especially if you are in a foreign country and you're moving back to america you don't need your foreign appliances <laughs> take them over to that type of facility so those new spouses coming in can instead of spending 50 dollars on a crock pot can go get a crock pot so big things that I've noticed here is a lot of people when moving, they don't want to put their kids in the public schools here. So they pay for private school. Um, So that's a big cost. If you move to an area that doesn't have a great school system, you may start looking. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that I've seen here is people don't want to put their kids, especially in the high schools here. We have one really good high school. That's like in the top five of Georgia overall, mm-hmm. but it's so hard to get into. So a lot of people will do the private schools here. And we actually have like five really good private high schools. And that cost is it's, it's expensive. Yeah. So unless like, you can get a scholarship, scholarship, like, yeah. And but if you have more than one kid, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, Which makes sense why I see so many people homeschooling nowadays, because it is really difficult, especially with the housing market as it is right now. It's so difficult to buy a house, to rent a house. Like things are, are literally not even going on the market. And And you can't even rely on on post anymore either because mm -mm. it's just full. I mean, the the system of on post doesn't work because we moved from Germany. And so technically after we'd been at CONUS for two, two duty stations before we moved CONUS, we should have been at the top of that list. And they had told us we were at the top of the list. We got there like, oh, your house that you were on. And we gave to someone like a couple of days ago. And so then we bumped to the bottom of the list, which was weeks, weeks. I'm like, we can't afford to stay in a hotel for weeks. We have to go get a rental. That's how we ended up in like not a great area because we didn't even know where we were looking because we had not intended to live off of post at that time. And so then that's even if you can find housing, it might not be what you want. Well, and I think also like, you know, coming in, like, you know, if you're, if you're renting, you have, if you have animals, you're paying for pet deposits and things like that, which you should know that, but like, you know, places are getting more and more picky because they can. So, you know, when we moved here, finding a rental that would allow dogs, even small dogs was really hard. And I've seen a lot of places like stop orders because they don't have any housing. Like the housing market right now is crazy. A lot of places, people are showing up and they have nowhere to live. They're living out of hotels. They're living out of, um, they're Airbnb. staying with friends. I've heard people doing Airbnb, Airbnb like switching to different um, the amount of people that I've seen who are just like, screw the housing market, screw finding a rental. I'm buying an RV and they're living out of an RV. And that's not fair to the military family. It's not. We have like, to not have, we're forced to move and not, I mean, we don't have the choice on whether we move. You know, a lot of families have the choice to be like, oh, the market sucks. I'm going to stay where we're at. 
we don't have that choice. And then you're just thrown into a new community and there's no houses. Like you should not have to every, live out of a camper. It's every three years, which I think is also like, that was kind of a comment. A lot of people are like, you know, like we're not, we move so often and I get it. Like, you know, there are some MOSs where you don't move all that often and it's easier for families. And then there's like, you know, infantry MOSs where they do tend to move every, every three years. So, you know, at that two and a half year mark, you're getting ready to PCS again. And there's no point in buying a house when you know that that is going to be your schedule. We've never bought a house because you're going to be upside down on that so quick, but you know, you're in a market where like, okay, like I just, I can't even like the mark. I can't even fathom PCSing right now. Like the people who are PCSing right now, trying to come into the market, like we moved during over costs so much right well, now. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about this next on our next podcast. Cause we will have some realtors and then, and a lender come on to talk a little bit more about the housing crisis and how, um, military families can work around that. But like, you know, you can't even use your VA right now because, everything's going 20 to $30,000 over asking price, which is over the appraisal price. And that's not covered. So unless you have 20 to $30,000 in another loan that you're using, or you have it in savings, you're a lot of people aren't even using the VA loans right now. Like they're using. Um, Yeah. One of the spouses that is moving from here to Campbell, the housing market is definitely more expensive up there. The only reason that they're able to get a house because they, every time one came on the market, it was gone they um, made money off the house they sold here so they could pay over what the appraisal was. But that's even but not everyone's selling their home or have a home to sell. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's even more crazy because the house isn't going to be it's worth that when you sell it. And if you live on base and you try to buy a house, it doesn't work out. Yeah. But I mean, you think of the housing market right now too being crazy. Think about the schools busting at the seams with all these children. They're not building schools fast enough. I know for a fact in Clarksville, they're getting three more schools right now because there's not enough schools to house the children. So it's not only the housing market that you're having to worry about. It's your kids going into a school that's filled at the max. I mean, there's just so many different variables of, I, I definitely think the, army, the military needs to approach the next like year or so with PCSing, like look at it more closely because like they're sending people to places that there is no housing. They're sending them places where there's not system to set them up for schools or doctors for schools or for, for, um, for success. So they're sending families into this extremely stressful environment not looking at like, okay, like we have 150 families who are currently literally living in nothing. We obviously need to stop sending people to this space. Like to me, I never, I mean, obviously like we're not in the military. We don't know all the, all the plans and things about it. But to me, like every three years is a, is really crazy to move from a base to a base. Like, I feel like there should be a little bit of a longer cycle um, obviously like it depends on that rank as you get higher like those come far farther than like the e23s and fours but there should be a way to be like okay like we're in the middle of a housing crisis is it really necessary to send our e2 e3 family to do the exact same job at a different base just because we have to move them a base because that's what we say we have to do every three years or should we just okay hey like okay you guys have done 
you've been in this company for X, Y, and Z, but you guys need to go do this type of job in a different type of company. Just rotate at the current installation until that crisis is revolved because who know who knows how long this is going to last a federal level maybe there needs to be the bah needs to be really looked at because though it goes up every few years it drastically needs to change right now where we don't it have does. That, it doesn't help ours the doesn't BAH even cover our, our rent mm-hmm. yeah and and the, again like i said earlier it only covers the the average range of rent for the surrounding yeah, but if there's the nothing available the, the in that bank. surrounding area, they they're just doing us a disservice. Really. Like I, the house that I lived in here, the house that I lived in when we were here, stationed as an E four, we paid eight hundred and fifty dollars. It now is rented at thirteen fifty, and it's not even that nice of a well, house. And the other problem with that too, though, is being a person that owns rental properties. I see a lot of it. The problem too is you're in a military town. So these landlords think, oh, well, I can knock it up because they're going to pay it. So unfortunately, that's how the rental market happens because like they do have to do comparable because. Well, I think too, that it's a little more, you got to be careful of who you're renting from, Mm -hmm. because if you're just renting from anybody, those little things can happen you know your neighbor your neighborhood may only be at you know a thousand a month and you're paying 14 you know there's little things like that or your pet deposits are ridiculous be careful because some people do try to get over on the military because they know we have to find housing yep that's true too Mm -hmm. but we'll talk way more about the housing crisis and tips and tricks that military families can do, whether they're renting or buying on our next podcast. Um, We will have a couple of realtors and a lender on with us. So hopefully we'll be able to help you guys at least figure out how to navigate those waters (laughs) over the next year. If you're in the middle of that, hats off to you. I I couldn't imagine, like we, we moved in the middle of it and I only got the house that we're in now because I posted on social media saying, is anyone moving? around this time frame, and the girl was trying to break her lease and I jumped, jumped on it before it would even hit the websites, but still freaking out because other people were like, can I have the information too? And our application wasn't going to get accepted because they can be picky on all that now. Well, I hope that you guys are listening and found some support in this at least because we're all going through it. I know it's sometimes you feel like you have nobody there that's going through the same things, but we absolutely are. And it, you're going to find that across the community. If you go out and reach out to people in a more personal level that you're going to realize there's a lot of spouses going through the exact same things as you, whether that's PCSing, mental health problems, even on the brink of divorce, there's someone that's out there going through the same situation where you just need support. And maybe that somebody can bring you back to where you want to be. So just reach out, find deployed love near you, find us on our, our hearts connected. We have tons of people in there and it's so much better than a lot of the spouse communities We see so much support from each other in there. And I think that's because coming into it, they know what Deployed Love's about, like our mission and how we care for each other. So people come into that group and feel a little bit more comfortable to talk to other spouses that, and a lot of us aren't at the same duty station too. So that kind of gives you a little bit of space to not worry about what people around you are thinking. But like Ashley said, the housing crisis, I think is one of the biggest things in the military community right now. And so I'm excited for that to come up. Um, the next episode that you guys will hear from us. But if you heard anything on here that you wanted to hear more about, 
like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, just reach out to us on um, our Instagram posts or anything, anywhere that you can find us, Ruck Up Buttercup. We would love to hear from you and get some people on to help feel like you're being supported. So we love you guys here with at Ruck Up Buttercup and we love you at Deployed Love. So we hope to see some of your smiling faces and get to know you guys. Um, otherwise, like we always say, Ruck Up Buttercup. Bye.